about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 293, that's 293, it's the Ines Wolves Podcast Lester Mailbag I'm your host, Nathan Judah, delighted to be joined as ever by Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, can you hear me, baby? Loud and clear, as always. Oh, How are you? Very good. You see, I can hear you loud and clear today. I'm going to be hearing you loud and clear in, I'm going to say, just over, so just less than a month's time on, let me get this right, because I haven't got any of my notes together, because I'm terrible. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, wait there, wait there, wait there. Thursday, May the 25th at 7.30pm. I'm going to be hearing you clear as day. Why is that, Liam? Well, you'll be hearing me louder than ever before. Maybe not quite as clear after a couple of beverages. Ooh. But <laughs> but we, I mentioned that a few times now. Um, but yes, um, if you haven't seen on our Twitter... Where have you uh, been, first of all? Well, first of all, exactly. On our Twitter announcements earlier this week. Um, but we are celebrating the 300th podcast with a live event at Molyneux. It's, uh, it's very exciting, live and uncut. Um, as, you said in the last, as you said in the last podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate, a couple of beverages, a little bit sweary at times, but there'll be, I mean, what haven't we got there? We've got questions, live questions. There's going to be a lot of banter between the two of us, obviously. We could, what else am I allowed to mention that I'm missing? Because uh, I don't, um, don't want to give it all away. There might be a few little um, mini surprises on the night. Yeah, I don't want to give too um, much away, you see. No, we don't want to give it. You know, but there'll be like you know a few, a few little, a few little bits and bobs going on. There'll be a few, um, a few prizes to win. Uh, there'll be some. There'll be certain segments. There'll be some of the old school ones. There'll be some new ones. And realistically, Wolves will be safe by then. I'm very confident. I think you're very confident. We've been confident throughout this season, so we can relax. We can look forward to the summer and. We can just have a good old time, you know what I mean? In, in, in what is, Liam, a, a beautiful and probably the premier suite, I would say, in corporate at Wolves, wouldn't, wouldn't you, uh, wouldn't you no, agree? No, exactly. I mean, it is, it's a top draw room, isn't it? Um, the uh, the Sir Jack Hayward suite at, uh, at Molyneux. Uh, great, great view of the pitch, by the way. It's beautiful. Um, great room, two bars. So hopefully uh, a lot of opportunity for people to... Uh, to get fed with a couple of snacks and, and watered as well. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great night. So doors open 6.30, uh, 7.30, we, we're going in with the, the first uh, first segment. Uh, about an hour later, small interval, 9 o'clock, back on again for for another hour. And then um, between 10 and sort of half 11-ish, uh, a chance to have a, have a drink and a chat with us. We'll, we'll be hanging around. Uh, as I say, plenty of drinks. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it should be exciting. I, I said this... Um, on the last podcast as well, but we've had a great uh, reaction, initial reaction to to the uh, to the to the tickets going live. Um, went out to newsletter subscribers first, and then general sales. So it's a it's a last chance really in the next couple of days mm. to um, to get the early bird tickets, which are just eight pounds, which is an absolute steal. And um, and then from is it Sunday they're going to ten. Um, first thing Monday morning, so first Sunday with the last morning. chance. But just don't mess about. If you listen to this on Friday or Saturday, just get get them bought after this. Get them or stop, pause, and and get them bought. So you because people forget, and then all of a sudden they've gone up. And I know it's only a couple of quid plus a bit more on booking fee, but 
you know, first first and foremost, they could all be gone by Monday. So just just make sure that you get involved and you get that little bit of discount while you can because that gives Absolutely. you a couple of pints on the night. Absolutely. The discount, first of all, but as you say as well, we've only got a couple hundred tickets mm. for the whole event as well. So yeah. um, and, and quite a lot. They're going quick. So get yourself in there. Get a ticket, um, and and as you say, pause this right now and just uh, and, and pick one up because it should be should be a great night, and we're looking forward to it. I'm nervous, but excited. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, you guys have been fantastic. You know that me and Liam, this is probably our favourite thing that we've done throughout the week. Every single week is the podcast, and uh, uh, we've got a little bit of a rapport and relationship with you guys. You mean a lot to us, so we'd love to see you in person um, and just say thank you, really, as much as anything, probably on the show, but to say thank you to you guys for supporting the podcast week in week out. You know, we've got over 10,000 every single week listening to us, so we're very blessed. And uh, if some of you can make it um, to Molyneux on that night, then uh, we, we'd love to say hello and, and, and thank you in person. For those who, who came to the 100th one, and that was at the WV1 Lounge in Molyneux, which is um, in the North Bank. This is this is centre, this is front, this is a bigger room, this is a better room, this is a, this is a, beautiful, a beautiful evening that we're going to have. So, so please come. Um, and uh, we'll have we'll have a laugh a joke and we'll, we'll we could have some some interesting information for you throughout the evening. We'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, quite funny, Liam. We said we said make sure there's make sure you subscribe. There's some news coming. I love the fact that uh, people who maybe don't listen to the podcast. Uh, we put that we put that news out at ten o'clock on Monday, and uh, we still got quite a few people tweeting us saying when does the big news come out? <laughs> When's the big news coming out, boys? Like eh. yeah. Uh, Luckily, there was um, there, there was some karma heads prevailing and, and making it clear that we were obviously talking about something to do with either the podcast or us, or it was uh, nothing else, nothing more than that. But um, yeah, there was a few conspiracy theories flying around. Well, uh, someone, someone, I saw someone DM saying that there was um, there were six pages on Molyneux Mix about this announcement and uh, a few few Facebook predictions and and left and right and there was a new contract and and stadium expansion and all sorts, but. Um, for you guys who are listening, it's, it's more important that, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, 7.30pm, Thursday, May the 25th, is when it's all going on. It's all going down. Absolutely. One thing as well, just to mention, mm. to make it clear, if I ever had a story that was uh, that was big news, I wouldn't be teasing it a few days before it comes out. I'd be putting it out. So just to, just to people, people are aware, you know, if anything like that happens again, um, we, we were very much talking about the exciting news of the podcast. And it is big news because, you, know, you know, the listeners have been great. And as I say, the tickets are going quick. So um, the reaction has been, been brilliant. And uh, yeah, just, just got to get ourselves ready and organised now for the big night. Absolutely. Happy days. Um, are you going to have a new, new shirt, do you think? Well, I was going to have a chat with you really about the, uh, the dress code and what we were... Okay. And what we were going well, we'll, for. Well, we'll come so. to that. Mate, it's a three-piece. It's fancy dress. Halloween fancy dress. <laughs> That's what you've got to wear. Yeah. Everyone does it. Everyone's wearing it in the crowd. Not, not interested. No? Especially especially the, ever... the kind of money you throw into costumes as well. I'll look like an absolute prat next to you. <laughs> I'll get a makeup artist ready to go, shall we? Well, bring back the, not, bring back the scar Halloween. costume from Halloween. <laughs> God, that was the picture of that was giving me nightmares, let alone seeing it in person. Um, let alone yeah, the video I, I sent you at 3 a.m. <laughs> I didn't actually. I played a little bit of that on the podcast, didn't I? At the time, that was that was great. I, we, should, we, we need to. We, we, should, we should have that resurface in time for the uh, in time for the live body. What a video! Oh, superb, superb. Um, right, let's uh, let's 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 move on quickly. I tell you what. Before we uh, before we take questions, this is a mailbag, so we're going to get through all your questions that you asked. Um, throughout the week, and uh, and, and hopefully um, give you give you the answers that you're looking for. Well, I do want to say, and we kind of missed, uh, not missed, but um, um, didn't talk about it on on Monday, on Tuesday's show. And that's basically because, look, Wolves, 
got over the line. They got the three points at Brentford, and and that was that was the most important thing. However, and I, we don't want to go on about it, but there was for me another absolutely stinking decision um, from the referee with this Totti Gomez penalty. And I just think it's a. I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's a question. And some people disagree, and there's some journalists that disagree, but. For me, it's 100% a nailed-on penalty. And comes in and just absolutely clatters him. Clatters him. Whether the ball's gone or not, there's a challenge from Raya on on, um, on Totti Gomez. And he wipes him out. Like I just think it's absolutely clear as day. And I almost tweeted at the time. I didn't because you know what's gone on in the past. But I almost tweeted at the time. It's a penalty for Wolves, preempting the fact that VAR was going to make sure that um, was was going to was going to make sure that the referee looked at it and didn't. And as soon as the referee goes to the monitor, it's a penalty. And they didn't even go to the monitor because they didn't even they went with the referee's call. I just could not believe it. Give me your take and and what you think now. You've seen it time and time again, Liam. Yeah, no. My initial reaction, and it's still the same now, having seen it several times, that it's definitely a penalty. Um, I can't see how it's not. To be honest, the the only reason that the the officials have for not giving it, in my opinion, is that the ball is running out of play. But I don't think it makes a difference. It's a 50-50 challenge. No. Totti Gomez gets the ball ahead of Raya, a split second ahead of him, wins the ball, and he gets taken out. I think it's a, I think it's a stonewall penalty. And I use this example after the game. I'll use it again now very quickly. Um, hypothetically, if Raya gets to the ball first, mm-hmm. makes a clearance, the ball lands to the f- to, uh, at the feet of a Wolves player with, a, with an open goal from, what, 25 yards or whatever, because Raya's out of position. But Totti, in his follow-through for the 50-50, takes Raya out. Even even though the ball's been played and it's gone, like it had done in the, in, the, in the situation that happened, guaranteed it would have been a free kick to the goalkeeper, and and for me that sums it up. It, it was it was a penalty, it was a foul. There was enough contact, and um, Wolves should have had a very good start to the second half. And in the end, they, they relied on uh, on Huang's goal to to see them through. But um, we're, we're just happy it didn't cost them because we didn't want to have to be continuing this narrative of. PGO and MOL apologies and, and Wolves suffering once again from another subjective decision. I know it's hard enough to say PGA MOL to be honest. I, you know, I don't want to keep on mentioning them, but at the same time, uh, what was uh, interesting on the sideline, on the touchline, look, they were all up for the penalty, but as soon as it wasn't given, Lopetegui made sure that the bench and the rest of the bench went back into the dugout. Uh, and I think that's obviously by design with what's gone on recently. I think that was the right thing to do. I think they were still pretty confident that it was going to be rescinded or, or, or VAR to take a look at it and they were going to have a look at it and, and get turned over, but it just wasn't. And then they were absolutely stunned again. But there was definitely some more restraint from the bench, which fair play, you know, in these pressure cooker situations, how how, how they managed to keep their, their temper. But they have to do that and they have to play the game and they might, they might not like it and they might get another apology, I don't know. Now they've won the game, they might not get an apology, but... Um, who cares whether they get an apology or not? It doesn't matter in, in you know in terms of the game. It doesn't give you points or whatever. They got over the line. That was the most important thing. But definitely some more um, restraint shown towards the officials, Liam. Yeah, which I think is a smart move because Wolves not only in terms of disciplinary records have got themselves in a little bit of hot water in the last few months. Um, they also don't want to build a reputation um, amongst fans outside of Wolves, amongst other teams, amongst officials, amongst governing bodies, that Wolves are draw makers, whingers, and, um, and you know, it's just going to play against them. So 
to for Lopetegui to you turn around, calm down, realise that they've got to be a little bit smarter at times, I think is um, was the right move. And it was it was sort of refreshing to see that because, albeit they've had a lot of reason to be angry at certain decisions, um, at the same time, you, you, you have to react in the right way. And Wolves have been guilty of not doing that at times. So it was it was nice to see that they did. And in the end, it didn't make a difference. Um, so much so that while I was in the mix zone interviewing players, every journalist in the room forgot to ask Lopetegui about the penalty incidents. <laughs> so Here we go. So, Here we uh, go. I'm not slagging anyone off. Not anyone individually. N- not a colleague of mine that I share a podcast with. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would not do that. But, but You rat. No, it... it in the grand scheme of things, it matters very little. Hence why we also are doing it on this podcast, not the, not the one earlier in the week. Well, I was doing a lot particular favour. We didn't want to keep on talking about decisions. You know, we don't want to keep bringing it up in the media because, you know, we're, we're part of it. We're, we're part of, of, of the issue. So I didn't want to do it. So then, you know, the referee's like, oh, well, they didn't complain too much. And then when there is a penalty shout against Leicester on Saturday, it's going to be given. So you're welcome. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> you were a top bloke. You're just missing a back page story on Thursday for it because of it. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, um, no big deal. Right, Brad at 77, let's get straight on with the questions. Uh, talking about Totti, he says, do you think Totti is now more of a left-back for us rather than a centre-back? Uh, I suppose Tom will tell on that one. Um, I, I do he still think... He's done brilliantly though, hasn't he? I mean, he has, he really has. But I do still think that... Um, you know, he's got a natural position. It has been centre-back. He's been very good there as well. So I'm not going to write him off as a centre-back for the time being. But, you know, ask me this in 18 months and if he's still at Wolves and he's still playing or playing fairly regularly and he's been a left-back majority of the time, I'll have a very different opinion. So um, it's early days yet. He's only played three games there. Um, but they've been three very, very good games. And... I keep, I know, I keep banging that drum. I, I like Totti Gomez. I think he's a very good player, and I'm, and I'm pleased to see him getting these opportunities. He, d- he deserves to be playing right now and keeping his place, and um, and, I, and I'm happy that Lopetegui stuck with him. It's funny how the season works out, though, isn't it? Like at the start, and you're thinking, my God, we've got a plethora of left backs like Nori, you've got Bueno, you've got Johnny, you've got Ryan Giles who can come back into it, you know, from from loan, and then you're, you're finishing the season with Totti Gomez as your as your number one left back, I guess number one maybe is is a, is a little bit generous, but you know he's got the shirt and, and fair play to him. It's it is it is crazy. Look at the, people have shown something like Dan Byrne uh, w- w- is obviously a centre back, but it's kind of transitioned into a, a I guess an effective enough left back. I mean, look, they've done very well this season. He's played the majority of games and they're going for Champions League. So and he's not built to be your your left back as such in inverted commas, you know, with his height and, and the way that he is, but. You know, I think Totti Gomez will not will not care one iota whether he's playing left back or centre back as long as he's playing in this team. No, absolutely. And actually, using the Dan Byrne example, um, I think arguably Totti Gomez is is built more like a fullback than Dan Byrne is, mm. and 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 he's been very good for, for Newcastle, hasn't he? So, um, but no, I think Totti. He's not only is he versatile, you know, left back, left side of a three, he can play in a, in a back four as well as centre half. He's um, I keep coming back to the same attributes. He's athletic. He's quick. He's strong. I think his natural defensive instincts are very, very good. Um, there's still work to do with him on the ball. I think he can be a little bit tidier at times. But he's also been quite good going forward in these last few games as well. So he's done exceptionally well, and credit to him. And um, and I don't want to completely slag Bruno Large off here because there were, there were, you know, there were, there were moments um, that he deserved praise. But this is a massive, massive mistake here that I have to highlight. Bruno Large not having more confidence in Totti Gomez, particularly in those last few weeks before he he, he was sacked, because mm-hmm. he's he went away to 
uh, West Ham in, in what ended up being his last game, playing Ruben Neves as centre half. Yeah. When Totti Gomez was on his bench. Very and true. Good point. It, it, I mean, you have to have to have to come back to that and highlight it. Look how good Totti's been. I think that, I said it at the time and I'll say it again now. That was a abysmal decision, and um, it wasn't the only decision that he that cost him, but it was one of them for me. Mm. Uh, good shout! I forgot about that. Um, Going to combine these two questions together, Gareth Hicks and Malik. Gareth says, "How are we feeling about Neves? Do the two performances without him just mean we'll be better? We'll be even better with him back?" Or has he been part of the problem in terms of lack of tempo and creativity? Malik says, do we have a Gerard and Lampard problem with Mateus and Neves not being able to play together? So two questions there and both, both you know, phrase very well. Yeah, no, I, I don't think we do, to be honest. I think, um, I don't think he is part of the problem. I think um, you do play in a slightly different way when Neves plays. And I, do, I, I can understand the argument of the word tempo. I think that's the one word out of both those questions that I would highlight as as sort of closer to what I would what I would believe mm-hmm. because he does slow the game down a bit at times. Um he's not quite as agile as as, as other midfielders. I think Lamina and, and Gomez are probably more athletic than him. Um, is he quarter, is he a quarterback Neves or is that doing him a disservice? I don't think it's a disservice to, to be that. I think there's there's been a hell of a lot of very, very good top class, world class effective players in, in that, that kind of position. Um, and I think that's where he's best suited. For me, he's not a number eight. He doesn't. He, no. I don't. I don't think he's a box to box midfielder. You think he's more of a six? I, yeah. And I think he pick he picks the ball up, and he makes things happen with it. And and that's where he's best suited. So perhaps there'll be games that Wolves see, and perhaps we've seen it in the last two, that that isn't always going to be the way Wolves have to play. Um, but what I will do is I'll flip it on its head and say, if if he does leave in the summer, which of course at the moment is still the likelihood. If he does leave in the summer, look at it this way. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a life after Ruben Neves at Wolves. Mm-hmm. He deserves all of the credit, all of the plaudits, all of the praise because he's been a spectacular player for the club and he's shown incredible loyalty and service at Wolves. If and when he does move on, he deserves to, to be given all of these accolades. At the same time, the club isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to fold the next day. You know, The club's going to rebuild and move on. And I think in, in Lamina and in particularly in Jao Gomez in terms of the future... They've got some very good players on, on their hands who, who who can play without a Ruben Neves there. At the same time, give him the respect he deserves. He's a very, very good player. I think he'll come back in and play pretty much every game now, between now and the end of the season. Um, and that's because he's still, to this day, regardless of the last two results, still one of Wolves' best players. Yeah, well said. Um, ben Hodgson, if you could choose to extend Moutinho's or Diego Costa's contract by one year, who would you choose? I've been racking my brain with this question. Good, honestly, there's some good questions. Like, yeah. I'm so glad we can do some of these mailbags because there's a lot of good questions that sometimes get unanswered. So um, we'll be doing at least two to three more between now and, and the end of the season. So it's so good. And there's, there's some great questions this week. Love this one. Yeah, this is a really good one. And I think I've just landed on my answer. Oh. And I think... It's a real tough one. It's a tough one. I, th- I think I'm actually going to say Matinho. Okay. Which I didn't think I would say, um, because I, if I'm honest, I think I think his time probably has come for Wolves now. Not that it, again, it's similar vein to Neves, where he deserves so much credit and he's been a brilliant servant for Wolves. Um, but I feel like a natural cycle for a player at a club comes to an end, and it feels like it is for him. But if I look at the impact, still purely looking on the pitch. 
he still has more of an impact for Wolves than Costa has done. Now there's, he has to be used in the right way, and I think coming off the bench in a lot of these games recently is when he's is where he's been used best. Absolutely agree with that. But and as as well as Costa did play in these last two games, there's pretty much the only two games he's played well in. Maybe one or two extras on top of that, but it's been few and far between. If we're being brutally honest. So purely looking at on the pitch, I would just go just with Moutinho. Also, I know there's a lot of midfielders at the club with Wolves, and that's something to bear in mind. But you do have Kalajic and Fabio sort of in the picture next season. So you've got strikers there as well. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I think the answer will probably could change between now and the end of the season. To be honest, true, you've true. got these seven games, and you know if Costa carries on in this in this vein of form, grabs a couple more goals, is a you know is starting the majority of games and and showing what he can do like he did against Brentford, then I probably am going to choose Costa. I think for me, from Moutinho's point of view, he would have to agree with the club first of all. It would have to be a wage reduction. I don't think they're going to pay him that kind of a money to stay on for one more year, and also. I'm not too sure, and like I'm, I'm not speaking up to I don't know how invested he is from a coaching point of view and bringing kids forward. And I, I feel like if they were going to offer Moutinho, he would have to have some kind of a role, almost like a bit of a coaching role as well as playing. Um, that's what I'd like to have rather than just being a player, some kind of thing where he can help kids and help help, help maybe the youngsters going through. And I'm not sure whether I mean he might be committed, he might be ready to do that, he might be overall. But I, I, I don't know whether I don't know whether that's it, um, and whether he'd want to do that. So it'll be an interesting one. I mean, there's a lot of talk about you know the likes of Moutinho being a coach or, or, or you know giving him a two-year deal and, and being a coach, being a first-team coach. I guess it all depends on Jaudan and how he feels. Yeah, I think so. And whether he's, whether he's ready to stop playing, he might need a, a couple of two or three years just a break. I mean, it's been non-stop, hasn't it? Really, even at well, his that age. As well. Yeah, no, that as well, exactly. Well, saying that as well, he has settled well in Wolverhampton. He's been here, for obviously, a number of years now. Five years, is it, I think, off the top of my head? Mm. Um, so, obviously, family settled, things like that. So, there's, you know, you can imagine there'd be you know, a possibility for him to, to want to stay. But, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I'd, right now, obviously, it, might, it could change my mind. But right now, I don't think either of them probably will. But we'll see how the next few games go. Phoebe says, uh, after another decision went against us, what do you think needs to change with VAR? More referee training, lower threshold for reviewing on the screen, mic'd up referees so fans hear the rationale. Uh, I genuinely would say all of the above, but the one I'll highlight is micing the referees up. You have, you have to be able to hear... Referees and VAR? And VAR, and VAR. You have to be able to hear what is happening, the reasons for why decisions are made. Um, and it, it has because that, that provides transparency and honesty, whereas at the moment it's shrouded and no one knows why decisions are made and it's all very us against them. And um, I think that that's, would go a long way to changing that. You, you don't have to agree with what they say, of course, but you could at least appreciate it from their point of view. At the moment, we get nothing. And I think... Um, you can't have that much apathy for the game. I think I think the officials should be welcoming having ha, ha, having their thoughts broadcast because that is, from, as far as I'm concerned, good for the game and it, and it only improves what I I think would only improve the relationship towards officials as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess another thing as well. I mean, I, I read I read an article. I think it was a couple of days ago saying that there will be more cameras next season as well. Um, Outside, just just on the edge of the box, 
Um, I think two more either side um, with things that they're missing. But you know, oh, could they stick one at Anfield for us as well? Is that all right? <laughs> Be nice, wouldn't it? Don't forget it. The footage will go missing though, mate. You know what I mean? So it's not like it was a broadcast live or anything like that. Astonishing, astonishing. <laughs> uh, Andy Bowen says, "Are we seeing the return of the bomb squad?" Um, seems like Ryan Nori and Raul are not considered to have a future at the club. No, I, I don't think so because I think um, the reason why obviously certain players are missing out is purely because the squad's too big, and the squad is too big because they had to make additions in January. They weren't in a position to allow you know a handful of players to leave in January as well. And um, and, I, and I think if my maths is correct, I've said this before on here that if all the first team players are fit, you've got about five first team players that miss out on a squad every single game that is a lot of players um that we've gone from complaining about the squad being too small to now probably being a little bit too big and um and they, and they need to balance that so there's obviously there's going to be casualties of that first of all um it's been a little bit uh it, it's it's chopped and changed the casualties in the last few weeks up until the point where Aint Nori and Jimenez now have been the two consistently missing I mean Bubacar Traore as well at the moment but he obviously has been working back from injury and um, and I think with those two, it's very much a, a case of, at the moment, the manager's not fancying you and you've got to do something to change that. Um, it does feel that they're very much fighting for their Wolves' careers at the moment, but I, I believe that they'll get another chance for the end of the season. They've got to show got to show something. And particularly, Aitnori, Nori, who's obviously on a longer contract, younger, clearly a very, very talented player, but for whatever reason, it's not quite working out at the moment. He's not a very big character. He's quite quiet. Um and I think you need to get a little bit more out of him in training as well. So um, there'll be there'll be plenty of reasons behind it. I don't necessarily think that that means their Wolves' career is over. It just at the moment the manager's not having them, and they they need to do something to change that. Newman Wolves fan says, well, three questions. Um, one: Would the club pay? Uh, would club pay and Costa want to stay with a reduced role um, and reduced wages to be a rotation player slash mentor Fabio and Sasha? Uh, two, can we talk about Mateus, Mateus's run on that second goal in the celebration? And three, what family tree of jiu-jitsu does Liam train under slash go to submission? Well, I don't know what three means, but you can answer it, Liam. Two, um, we've, kind of, two we've kind of talked about it. One, um, I'll, I'll, we've, we've talked about Costa, so I'll, I'll phrase it a bit differently, Liam, uh, because you spoke to Mario Lamina after the game on Saturday, and he kind of... Uh, was quite strong on, on the fact that he wanted Diego Costa to stay. So we, we, we're the ones who were talking yes and no. Of course, you know, sometimes you have to take the mood from the players and the camp and, and how respected they are. And the fact that he was quite vociferous in, in wanting Costa to stay another year probably plays a certain part when they'll come to the end of the season and, and they'll look at the um, what they are doing. So does that have an impact with the way that he is with his other teammates and the respect that he's got there? I think you absolutely have to take it into consideration. You'd be silly not to. Um and everything that I've seen at the training ground, heard, obviously spoken to players, Lamina and, and others, is that he's respected, he's liked. Um, he's very much the heart and soul of the dressing room alongside players like Cunha as well, who's a big character. Um, and it helps to have that kind of atmosphere in and around the club. He spoke as well, Lamina, about the kind of pranks that he's playing. You know, he said he covered my jacket all in shampoo and he's throwing ice buckets over people. And um, he, he, I mean, he, he very much said this next sentence in tongue and cheek, but he said he doesn't care if he hurts someone. He just does whatever he thinks. I mean, I mean, obviously he's not going out there to injure people, but um, he, he is just a, a bit of a crazy character, to be honest. Yeah. And, um, and I think the club has needed a little bit of that character and personality. Too nice. Well, we said Wolves have been too nice, Liam. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And particularly when you look at the summer, losing 
Bolly, Cody, Size, Ruddy, big leadership experience characters. I think Diego it's a slightly different way because he obviously he's experienced and, and a leader, but he's also it's also a very jovial side of him as well. So I think bringing both sides of those in it gives a it gives a different feel and atmosphere to the dressing room. And when he's got people like Cunio mentioned, who's basically I mean the, the the pair of them are basically thick as thieves and just you know running running the dressing room. Um, and it's and it's and, and in, a, in a good way because they're you know they're big characters they're loud they're funny they they're trying to they're engaging people and you have to have it at the right times obviously if Wolves are three 0 down at half time mm-hmm. they're not walking in there and laughing and joking and, and messing around but at the times when you need a little bit of a pick me up they're there to help and I think I think it does add a lot genuinely so credit credit to them for that because and credit to Wolves for recognizing part of that as as the problem as well because the on field issues were one thing a major thing that obviously they were trying to fix. But Wolves are well aware that they ripped a little bit of the soul out of that dressing room a little bit too quickly and a little bit too early. And they've done a lot of things with other signings, Lamina, Dawson, Sarabia and such, and Bentley, don't forget Bentley, mm-hmm. um, to, to rectify that as well. They've got to, um, what I would say, and I think and I think now Matt Hobbs is there as well, I do feel that club are in very, very good hands. I, I like him, I like his demeanour, I think he's very good. Um, I saw him on the pitch afterwards, playing with his family, wasn't he? Um, you know, with it, with it. Um, just seems like a very good, good, steady hand, steady person to be to be in charge along, you know, alongside Jeff. And I feel like certain things that didn't that weren't particularly well handled in the summer, Liam, getting rid of that experience. The Cody situation, I'm going to put to one side because it's a bit different. I think it's a bit of six of one and half and dozen the other, but. You know, the likes of John Ruddy, who you said were big characters who experienced and were talking about characters and having them in the dressing room. I thought they got rid of too many of them. But even the exit for John Ruddy, there wasn't it was he wasn't happy, was he, with the way that it was handled, it was handled poorly. And I feel like if and when they don't you know, let's say they they, they don't take on cost or they don't take on Moutinho or other players, I feel like that side of things they definitely will be a lot better at. Um, you know, uh, thanks. Uh, you know, uh, they'll, they'll part on 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 good terms, and that's very important part to the whole the whole situation at Wolves moving forward, isn't it? Yeah, the key word there is communication, um, and I think Matt Hobbs is is absolutely better at that than we've seen with um, with, with previous people in different positions. I think he's um, he's united the club a little bit a little bit more. The timing was perfect with Lopetegui coming in around the same time. They get on well. Um, Daniel Lopetegui, Lopetegui's uh, Julian's son, is is sort of quite involved as well, and I think the three of them um, sort of bouncing ideas off each other, and I think it's um, at the moment so far it's worked it's worked pretty well, and um, and they've got themselves in a really good position. So long may it continue. But I've just realised as well, I've got to go back to that third question, haven't I? Um, yes, though. what funny tree of jujitsu does Liam train under? So this this will mean nothing to you, but absolutely um, nothing, absolutely gobbledygook. The the academy is, that I'm is at, it, I I think I know what it is though, so. What, what do you mean? I think I know what family tree it is. It's the tree of Feng Shui. Oh, honestly. Pardon? You're an embarrassment. Feng Shui. <laughs> um, the the black belt. amethysts and crystals around. You know when you're training oh, and stuff. You shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the black belt that I trained under, um, he got his black belt from Roger Gracie, so he's got a sort of direct uh, line to the Gracie family. So it's it's pretty good. Um, that means nothing to Judah, but what I'm hoping. Talking about man, I'm, I'm hoping the person who uh, who's asked the question will know what I mean. My go-to submission, I've got a few. Um, I, I like the Ezekiel uh, the Ezekiel choke quite a lot. 
Um, I'm a big fan of the loop choke. Um, and then some very some some pretty standard uh, favourites would be a, a triangle. I love a good triangle as well. I'm a big fan of Hong Kong Fooey. This is unbelievable. Yeah. What? Yeah. I think uh, people I, I, I people think... people remember Hong Kong Fooey. I'm a big fan of Hong Kong Fooey and the tradition and the family tree that he's brought into the Tai Chi um, slash Feng Shui slash Karate um, crystallized tournaments. I think there would be a, a brilliant video slash podcast opportunity here for you to get on the mat. Uh, oh, come, mate. Come, come do I a class. I would pedigree them. I'd sharpshoot to them. I'd, I'd off the top rope at people's elbow. They've got no chance. I would worry for your brittle bones. Oh, mate. They'd be getting stunned all over the place. Stone cold style, I'm telling I'd you. I'd make very, very light work of you. Oh, my goodness. Well, just let me know how it's scripted because I know yours is scripted. And then let me oh, here we go. Yeah. Work it on. Um, Wayne Mackay or Mackie says, our lead's falling apart again. Can we send Leicester down on the weekend in the first time all season? I think we'll keep... Uh, our Premier League status. Wayne's, Wayne's definitely one of the half-empty brigade, I think, uh, who thought Wolves were going down. I've got to say, Wayne, I think you're in Australia, Wayne, but you're definitely not a happy man. I think that's as, that's as happy as I've heard him uh, for about for about six months now. I must say, Liam, and I don't like to give myself and you a pat on the back, but I would say that it's very much 50-50 going into these last two games. Wolves people were saying they're going down. It's all going to. It's all doom and gloom. This is it. How are you going to be so confident? Like. Keep the faith. We, I think we saw enough that they were that they had this in them that they were going to get results together. We never really wavered from that fact, and um, hopefully, people are a little bit uh, a little bit happier going into the weekend with Leicester. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, it, it's a, a massive positive if Wayne thinks we're going to stay up now. Yes, well. so that's, I mean that was the main one. That, that, get, that, if, if, if Wayne if Wayne starts to think that they're going to stay up, I, I mean we, we should be pushing for Champions League. <laughs> exactly. So I'm happy that he's happy. First of all, um, and, and did he say in the question are Leeds falling apart again? Yes. Um, I, I think if we work off the assumption, and, and I know you said in the last podcast you're not sure about whether Leicester will get out of it or not. You think they, they've still got a chance? And I, I, I agree with you. There's a possibility. Um, but let's work off the assumption for a second that mm. Southampton and Leicester are gone. Okay. That last spot is absolutely coming down to Forest, Leeds, and Everton. And I made the prediction a while ago that I think Forest. Gone. So Leeds are gonna, well, and Everton are gonna have to bank on the other two that I mentioned already being uh, being long gone because it's. Um, I think it's probably gonna go down to the wire, isn't it, with these clubs? And it's mm. gonna be quite exciting to uh, to watch from afar. Hopefully, oh, not having hopefully, to worry about yeah. it. Hopefully, yeah. Can you relax? Oh, well, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, what would be good from a, from a neutral point of view is Wolves obviously are, are safe and it goes down to the wire with Arsenal because obviously we're going to be there. So um, mm. well, pu- we'll purely see. from a selfish point of view, it'd be, quite, it'd be not, nice just to watch that all, all mount down and kick off. Well, accreditation might be difficult, so we'll see. That's, oh, um, that's quite, a good point. Yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite, I'll be quite happy if uh, they've got nothing to play for, or you know, they, they need some sort of massive goal swing and. Um, and we can have an hour on Saturday night because otherwise it's going to be very difficult to get two of us in. But we shall see. We shall see. Oh, one second. Ooh, Sorry. Busy, busy man. He's a busy man. One second. This is our this is our compare for the night. Johnny Drury, let me just um, get, get uh, answer the call. Mr. Johnny Drury, you're live on the podcast. Can I give you a call back in about 25 minutes, my friend? Thank you very much. I'll speak to you in a bit. Johnny Drury there, everyone. Johnny Drury. I couldn't even hear him. No, I know. Well, yeah, I silenced him because he's a baggies fan, isn't he? So get him oh, down. yeah, good point. And he's on the way to Blackpool, so you know it's not it's not great for some people, is it? In this company, got to go to Blackpool on a on a Tuesday night. No, we love Johnny. He's going to be he's going to be the new Luke Hatfield on uh, for the for the live podcast. So he shall be uh, he shall be comparing the night uh, to start us off. Um, Andy Spittle says, "Is it too soon to say mind the gap to Forest?" 
uh, it might be slightly too soon. I, I, I've already said I do think they're bang in trouble. Um, and I know it's easy to say this considering that Leeds beat us. Forest obviously was a, a draw and it was quite tight. But they're both pretty bad team. Bad team. Forest especially. I mean, are really poor. Um, yeah. So it's quite funny to watch from from afar as they as they crumble. Um, but of all, out of all of this, I would like Everton to go down the most. Not because I dislike the club or the fans or anything, but purely oh, so people know people know why we do. I just, I just don't want to go back to Goodison again. And next oh. season, their last season there. So if I could avoid going, that'd be perfect. If not, Let I might come... all of a sudden book it off on holiday. Come back up on the new stadium and we can we can sample that. But yeah, get rid exactly. of Goodison. Knock it exactly. down, um, Yeah, it's going to be... If if and when Nottingham Forest go down, I'm, I'm going to have to use all my resistance not to tweet <laughs> to tweet something I have to be very careful but I really want to but I won't I won't you're going to do it so it I'm a matter. professional I probably will I probably will I can't help myself um, they're more leads to be honest I mean both sets of fans can't stand me so it's fine uh, let's have a look Jack Arnold says when was the last penalty Wolves were awarded in the Premier League and by the looks of it will we ever get one again I mean it is astonishing when I look at the amount of penalties that are given left right and centre you know, and the teams that have, I mean, Tottenham just get penalty after penalty. But a lot of the other clubs do. When when was the last uh, penalty that Wolves got? A while ago now. And also, I'll, I'll give you this question as well. Um, if Wolves did get that penalty from Totti Gomez, with no Ruben Neves and no Raul Jimenez, who would have taken it on Saturday? Who? That's what it, Jathan's asked. Coming it feels minute. like, just on that one quickly, it feels like Costa already scored by that point. Maybe Cunha would have taken it. Um, I would have said Cunha. Yeah, I think he's he's going to want a goal as well, isn't he? So I think yeah, that that feels like it's probably the most likely. So I tell you now, Costa gets the ball and gives it to Cunha. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think you're probably right there. Yeah. So oh yeah, I was looking at the last time for the for the penalty. So the last penalty overall, not just in the league, was twentieth of December. Um, it was Lopetegui's first game actually uh, against Gillingham. Uh, Jimenez scored the penalty. Um, and then the the last one in the league in the Premier League was fifth of November. Uh, wow. The three two loss at home to Brighton never my scored the penalty God, there. Really? Yeah. So and I think I think actually off the top of my head I think they've only had three penalties all season. The other one was back in August when Huang missed against Preston in the league in the cups. Sorry. Um, so I think they've only had one in the league all season, two in the cups. That's unbelievable, mate. I'm pretty sure that's right. So if, if I'm wrong, someone let me know, and I'm pretty sure I've got that right. So not um, not great numbers. <laughs> no, not great numbers. I tell you what would be interesting. Let's say that Arsenal do have uh, have got a chance of winning the title or ahead of going to the title, and Wolves get a penalty on the last game of the season. Now, Aaron Ramsdale is notorious for going up to the centre spot, staying there, kicking the kicking the centre circle, making sure it's all messed up. Talking away, talking trash, getting a yellow card, moving away. You know what I'd love? I'd love it if they got a penalty and it's either Cunha on it or whoever. Diego Costa on the field. Diego Costa will stand on that penalty spot. Good luck, Aaron Ramsdale, if you want to go and mess with Diego Costa. He'll be like, oh no, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, I'll go stand down. Because he's a good keeper, but he gives gives as good as he gets. I'd love to see him. Costa said, come on then, mate. Come on, you come and dig up this spot. It'll be fantastic. And then, after all that, the, the penalty taker goes and Penenka chips it down the middle. What Wolves won, Arsenal nil. 
Nathan Amazing. Collins for his sixth goal of the season. <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you what, if they bring Collins on just to score the penalty, I'm on the pitch. <laughs> um, we've kind of, Cody, we kind of talked about about Diego in, in, in the last podcast about keeping him around. Uh, Rosa says, who do you think could most likely leave Wolves during the summer? So we talked about the the um, you know the likes of, of Neves and and potentially Guedes, but but might be alone. I think I think it'd be difficult to get that kind of money for him. But we'll see. Um, anyone else who you can see potentially leaving? Would you say Adama Traore is more likely than not at this stage now, Liam? Yeah, it probably feels that way. I mean, it's been a long. It's been going around the houses with all this uh, contract talk, haven't they? It's been a um, a, a long time really that it's been on the table. That negotiations back and forth hasn't taken it. So I feel like that's probably. Uh, probably likely someone like a, a Johnny as well. He's, I think he's got a couple of years left on his contract, but um, I mean he was performing pretty poorly up until he got his red card. And uh, yeah, <coughs> I feel like there's there's potential there. He, he, again, coming back to the the phrase that I like to use, the sort of natural cycle of a player at a football club. It feels like for him, it's sort of coming to a bit of a close now. I, mean, I, I, I could be wrong, obviously. It's just just me. Uh, speculating really but um, yeah it's similar with Raul as well so they're, they're, I think there's going to be a fair bit of movement because they're going to need to well balance the books make a bit of room and um, and, and Lopetegui needs to make some changes for his for his vision I suppose Two questions here about Pedro Neto uh, YT says well I'll, I'll go in support of Ukraine says asks is Pedro Neto still injured or is he being left out for tactical reasons well he, he did come on didn't he he came on like last minute I think for Lamino 89th minute so um, but maybe not, maybe not, you know, fully fit. So um, I guess the question stands: Is Pedro Neto still injured, or is he being left out for tactical reasons? And Whitey says, would you accept twenty million pound bid for Pedro Neto right now? So two interesting questions, Liam. Yeah, no, yeah, he's definitely not injured. I mean, he's not obviously got back to his best after after his injury, and he's still working working towards that. But no, he's he's, he's obviously been in the squads and been coming on and playing games. Um, would I take twenty million for him right now? He's on a contract till 2027. I think the kind of player we know he can be, and hopefully with his age and, and all the time ahead of him, he, he still will be. I don't think you, you take anywhere near 20 million for him, um, even now. So I He needs one season, Liam, and hopefully it's next season for me, where he's under a world-class or top-class manager. He has a full pre- He's obviously fit now, like you say, he's fully fit now. He has the off-season. He probably will come back, I think, a little bit earlier, actually, and I think he'll be keen to do that. He has a full preseason and he has a, a completely fully fit season next year. The fact that they've, you know, I'm not saying he's wasted, but three years of his career really now has been blighted. We haven't seen him from from that brilliant, you know, talent that we had beforehand. If we can get through the preseason and into next season, have a fully fit season, I think the the time that they've invested, they need to give him at least one more year before they before they reassess. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think if he has that kind of season that we that we know he's capable of, he at, at bare minimum doubles that twenty million figure that mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. been mentioned. That in well, that I remember question. Arsenal were very much interested in him at the start of this year, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Um, and he was he was still gather that kind of interest uh, consistently because there's a very there's a special player in there. You just need to need to get him uh, consistently playing and consistently performing, and, and they're two very different things. Injury. Got to keep him fit, and then get the confidence up and get him playing. He looked good in pre-season, didn't he? Up until his injury this year, but obviously the season didn't start off great for him, and then he, and then he was out for for months with the ankle injury. So um, the, the player's still there. You just got to get the best out of him. 
Poco Drum, who obviously uh, sings our intro, uh, fantastic intro. Uh, unfortunately, he's, he's not available for selection for the uh, the podcast. He won't be there live because yeah, he's away on holiday. But um, but obviously, we appreciate his intro music. He says, "If the two of you are to cross a river full of crocodiles in a canoe, who is most likely to sacrifice the other person by pushing them in so they can make their escape?" Hashtag totally Judah. Now this comes off the back of. June Lopetegui in his post-match press conference when asked about um, Are Wolves Safe? And he came up with one of the one of the quotes of the season. Um, and he's been talking about a river for a long time. And we all look at you know, a few press conferences, but this was the complete quote. And I will give it to you now. He said, when asked, Are Wolves Safe? We need to cross the river to safety. We are still in the middle of the river. There are a lot of crocodiles in the river. Book of Lopetegui. 15th of April, 2023. Mark it down. Now that is someone way ahead of their time. So Liam, who is most likely to sacrifice the other person by pushing them in so they can make their escape? The answer is in the question. <laughs> Hashtag totally Judah. Um, mate, I've sacrificed myself for you every single time. I've got to let you know I've lived my life. I'm an old man now. <laughs> wow. and you're the youth coming through. So I would make sure, I'd hold you up, I'd say, mate, I'm going to do this for me and you because, you know, you deserve it, and then I'd push you over. <laughs> would it traumatise you at all to watch me get, you know, ripped to shreds by crocodiles, or would you be honest? Um as long as, it, as long as it gave me a little bit more time to get away, I'd be okay with it, to be honest. Be oh, okay. no, that's fair, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I had a good innings, so, you know, <laughs> the time's come. <laughs> How many points do you think we'll end up on, says Mike? Alan. Ooh, 34 right now, seven games to go, so that's 21 points available. Oh, my math is unbelievable. Um, hmm. Shall I, real, shall I push the boat out here? No, just say what you think. Shall I say Wolves get another 10 points? <laughs> wow, okay. Out of nowhere. Okay. Three, three wins and a draw from the final seven. Really? Wow. I'm going to go for it. So, so on... Four, but think, but look, at the, look at the fixtures, though. That's no, I know. Look at... I, look at uh, fine. That 44 points, that'll probably be enough for 12th, Liam. Is it 44 points that'd be? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that I'm being... I'm, I'm being a little bit ambitious there, but I'm going to... With, with the amount of games left, the amount of points on offer, the kind of fixtures Wolves have got, they're mm. definitely capable of doing that. Um, no, I, I, I agree. And I think if they do, if and, if and when they, they get closer to the 40 or the 40, then, then they're dang, no, one, no one wants to play Wolves. It's not as if they're going to be taking the foot off the gas. Lopetegui won't let that happen and you know be on the beach, as Wolves have done, by the way, in previous seasons, when they look like they're going to be in a top eight and then they kind of like drift away. Um, I, that's not going to be the case. I think that, that Lopetegui will, and they'll, Lopetegui will, will throw down the, the gauntlet to them. Will throw down the challenge, saying, "Do you want to be here next year?" So exactly, um, I, I would not be, I would not want to be playing Wolves uh, when they've got a little bit more freedom. I think they'll be very, very dangerous. I, I, I'm going to be a little bit more pessimistic. It's not like me, but I say pessimistic. I'm still going to give them over 40 points. I'm going to say they finish on 41, potentially 42, which again would be would be in the mix. I would say for for that 12th, 13th place that they're that they're in. So. We'll see. We'll see. It should be very interesting. You, you know I like an outlandish claim. Mm. Case in point, yes. Nathan Collins getting six goals this season. So, I'm going for it. Lynx Wolf says, who could do the most press-ups, Liam or Nathan? Um, yeah, I mean, that isn't even a debate. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Are we talking about without a break here, obviously? 
I'm assuming so, yeah. And these are proper press-ups. These aren't little Liam press-ups. These are little <laughs> mini press-ups. Little you know. press-ups. These have got to be all the way down, chin down, and then back up again. Yeah, um, I appreciate the question. I appreciate every fan interaction, but this is a this is a non-starter. This isn't this isn't a discussion. Uh, uh, dear, I, look, look, I, I'll probably give you the the amount of press-ups after you know in a row because you've got what thirty or forty years on me. So <laughs> I, I I think at this moment in time, look, I haven't done. I, I've been in the gym today and doing some press-ups today, but I would say, um, give me if I was practicing for a couple of weeks. At the moment, I can probably bust out about 40, 35, 40 on the bounce before I'm struggling. I would say at best, I'm probably at 50 good press-ups and then I've gone. Which I don't think is that bad, but no, I don't I think, think I can do many more than good. that. that is good. I mean, the quick ones, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not going slow, 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 three seconds down, one second up. You know, these are, these are banging them out. But um, I would say 40 to 50 for me. No, I think that's a good number. That's a good number. I'll do that with one arm. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I wouldn't be able to, but no, that, that's a good number. You know, uh, to your credit, considering your um, wily old age, you are, um, you know, you're in good nick. <laughs> Rich says, "Do you think the best is still to come from Lopetegui in terms of how he wants the team to play? I feel that he is just finding ways to compete in individual games at present, and will really try and get his philosophy across to the team in pre-season." Good question. Yeah, I think it's a good point. It's quite similar to what I've been saying recently, actually, where it's sort of this horses for courses approach, taking each game, trying to, you know, grind a result out because Wolves have got a very specific aim of staying in the Premier League. And um, I think against Brentford, you actually saw, maybe for the first time, actually, what this Wolves team could turn into and become. It was a lot more free-flowing going forward. They, everything, was, everything was a bit quicker. They created a good amount of chance. I think it was nine shots on target. It was... Mm-hmm. It was, it was a lot better um, offensively uh, than, than it has been. So we've, we're seeing the signs, and I think I think hopefully in time, that is what we'll start to see more regularly. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Jonathan Gidding says, what areas... Well, I'll give you three. That's three questions, so I'll give you... Um, no, I'll give you two. Um, what areas can you see a strength in the summer, or do you want to tackle how much thanks do we give Beal for turning us down this season? Do I get to choose which one I answer? Yeah, you get to choose, yeah. Um, let's, go with, let's go with Beale, um, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one because um, we both discussed this at the time, obviously, when it was you know it looked like it was going to go through and happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were quite excited by the idea of it. And I think still rightly so, because it was something Wolves hadn't really looked at before, going for a young, up-and-coming British manager... Um, who had done a very good job, don't get me wrong, at QPR. And those reasons to be quite optimistic about it, I still think are relevant. Uh, however, hindsight is twenty twenty. You look back on it and you think, had he taken the job, which, by the way, how he didn't take it is incredible. Had he, t- had, had, had he taken the job and Wolves had not got Lopetegui, I think they'd have been in a lot of trouble right now. Yeah, no, I agree. But, I, I think it's as simple as that. Um, I think you've got in Lopetegui, you've got a manager who's been there and done it at the very, very top level, and that for me makes a big difference. Thank God, thank God. Uh, Jathan Nuda, actually, the actual Jathan Nuda has asked a question. He says, "Do you think it's taken Diego Costa this long to get to get match fitness after living the old McJudah lifestyle of eight months prior to joining Wolves?" I mean, I don't know exactly what he was eating, but he was definitely on the <laughs> beach, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> he was on the beach. And uh, and yeah, you know, we we all know about your previous eating habits so I think that's probably mm-hmm. uh, probably relevant 
Yes, you asks how many boxes of chicken in this pick would 20 stone Judah have devoured in the triple XL days? Um, there, there was a picture, a great picture of Lopatie, I think we put it out for the question tweet actually, uh, with all the um, all their, their food ready to go to take away with them. And, and by the way, they have some delicious food, Liam. And then we've, we've been lucky enough to sample some of the some of the, the remains that were left in the dressing room um, this season. And uh, look, the, the chefs do a great job there and uh, taking them away for a, for a little snack. They'll have a little bit of Lots of fats in there, a bit of car- few carbs, some some protein. Just a very, um, you know, they need to fill their body with some nutrients, especially after they come off the pitch. So it is it is pretty delicious. Um, I, w- I would correct you, Stu. It wasn't twenty stone Judah. It was twenty one stone Judah. Um, <laughs> FYR. Um, Big lad. Yeah, it was. Um, it was twenty chicken nuggets and three or four just single cheeseburgers. I say just single cheeseburgers, supersized fries, and a supersized diet coke. So twenty nuggets. I think about four sweet and sour sauces because you need oh, about four. Yeah. Um, and no barbecue. Alan likes barbecue. Yeah. Sweet and sour. Full box of twenty nuggets. Super sized fries, and then yeah, three to four single cheeseburgers as well. Uh, I could demolish that right now. Oh mate, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. You know, a lot of people will say to you, like, look. I mean, look at you, and they go, "I can never do that. Can't believe I put that away." Like, I would quite happily now drive to McDonald's. And order that and finish it and feel horrific, but enjoy every single mouthful. People say I could never do it again. I could do it tomorrow. When I when I turn sixty, Liam, that's game over for me. I'm going absolutely <laughs> mental. I'm going to be I'm going to be back to thirty stone. I don't well, care anymore. You know what my appetite's like, and I can absolutely devour that. I think we're in the same boat there. Oh. Um, by the way, sweet and sour sauce. You you're onto winner there. That is that is 100% agree with. That's the best one without a doubt. Yeah. And you used to go and they used to give you two and you're like, oh, can I have some more sweet and sour sauce? I can have another one. I mean, you might have to pay for them now. Back in the, back in my day. I mean, I haven't had McDonald's, a McDonald's burger in 16 years, probably. But, um, you're joking. No, I haven't, no. The only reason I go to McDonald's these days is to get the dogs um, a, a McFlurry. Simple to, to... And I'll get a coffee, but I haven't had a McDonald's burger in about 16 years now. I, I had one last week. Did you? It's unbelievable. Well, in I was the hospital Ill. with your drink. Well, I was ill, to be fair. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you're missing out. It's unbelievable. Um, oh, the sweet and sour sauce. I mean, I could I could lie in a bath of that sweet and sour sauce. It's unbelievable. Oh, fantastic. Glorious. Um, Andy, your question. I haven't got the uh, the stats to hand, but ask it again next week and uh, I'll let you know. Um, Wallagang Wolf says, surprisingly so, um, is Semedo, Kilman, Dawson and Totti looking like the most secure defensive lineup we have seen for some time? Who'd, who'd have seen that one coming, eh? I know. Um, for some time is, the, is actually the right phrase in there because I think, yeah, you, you, you're right, to be honest, because um, for some time it's, it's fairly subjective. For me, I'd say you go back to the the defence of Sois, uh Cody and Kilman last season. I think that was very, very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but for quite a while now, we've not seen, uh, we've not seen a back four like this and it, it's working. So long may it continue. Ronan Gibbon says, "What do you think our aims? What should our aims be next season?" That's a that's a tough question because you you don't want to oversell it, but I think with the quality Wolves have got, with the manager they've got, with the changes they'll make, um, I think at minimum you should be. I mean, aiming for and what you actually do obviously are two different things. Of course, I think you, you aim to be ambitious. I think at minimum you'd go for top ten. I think Wolves are genuinely capable of getting Europe. Yeah, I think I could. One hundred percent is exactly what I think. I think they go top ten, and they should be in the run and in a race for that. Talking around that Europa League, Europa Conference League, you know, we we keep on going on about it. We're lovely to get a cup run, but I think if they're there or thereabouts, you know, as they're quite capable of, 
um, and making a run and being right in that European conversation, I think that would be that would be quite that that would be acceptable, don't you think? And look, Wolves have spent a lot of money. Let's be honest. Over the last calendar year, they spent a lot of money. Some of it well, some of it wisely, some of it not so. But they've spent they've spent a decent amount, and they've got some quality players in now. They need a few tweaks, and they're going to be selling a few, and there might be some. There obviously will be some incomings, maybe not massive money, but I feel like the core of the squad there is ready to to really make a charge. And you look at some of the players and some of the teams and some of the teams that are in that top eight, top ten. There's no reason why Wolves shouldn't be in that mix next season. Spot on, nail on the head. Uh... Vicky Lawton says, in respect to, I remember Vicky's. Vicky's to be fair to Vicky, I can remember she tweeted me. She's booked. Two tickets for the live podcast, uh, which is great to see. Great to see uh, Vicky going, and it's her birthday on the same day. Now that's commitment. That's commitment. That is, I mean, round of applause, Vicky. I mean, Excellent. it's unbelievable to come and see me and you on your birthday. I mean, no one wants that in their lives, do they? No, not even my family see me on, on my birthday or their birthday. <laughs> They're oh, yeah, not coming. Happy days. Uh, well, it's funny you mention that. My parents on the day of the podcast. Don't forget, it is the twenty fifth of May. Yes. Are on a cruise. Oh, <laughs> my no. parents aren't there. My oh, brother and no. sister and Rosie will be there, but my my parents won't be, unfortunately. I will say this. I mean, I have a laughing a joke and stuff like that. I want you to obviously come to the podcast and and make sure you click on that link um, after this to get your tickets. But if for some reason you are easily offended, or maybe you're bringing uh, look, everybody's everybody's available to come. There's no restriction on ages, but just be just it is uncut. So. Don't you know there may be a few profanities during the evening? So please, if there is a you know if you have got a youngster or someone who might you know, not like what they want to hear, then I've got to say now you know just just be careful because you know it, it may there may be there may be a few kicking in there. I just want to put a bit of a disclaimer out there. So um, two three tequilas in, mate, and uh, we're anyone's. <laughs> You're not wrong. Say that again. <laughs> he said. Um, in respect to Julian Lopetegui, should Wolves have a home match to promote fans to wear your chinos day? Uh, if so, would you and Kino embrace the inner Chino? What colour would you go for? I mean, I don't mind a Chino. I would say more though you go polo neck, don't you? Rather than Chinos, because at least people are going to see the polo necks. Like for me, you know, there's a lot of giveaways and people will like American sports or don't like it. I like it. But there's so many great giveaways in stadiums, uh, maybe four or five promotions a season where they're on your seats or whatever. Um, and... Um, and by the way, the flags were great, a great look. I'm just diverting slightly in the, in the South Bank. thought it looked fantastic. And maybe we could have some flag days. But um, I, I, I wouldn't mind like a maybe a, a cheeky you know, sponsor on the top. I really wants to sponsor and wear your polo necks for a day. A little bit of a little opportunity polo neck appreciation. Uh, if people want to do that, crack on. Neither of them are really my thing. So uh, I'll step aside. Uh, but uh, I'll allow everyone else to enjoy it. I might, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating a new look, Kino. And... Um, on um, actually, I said this again on Friday, of course. So, um, so, so last night I was um, may have been in London at a, a late night little mix party potentially, um, and uh, I was quite dressy, quite smart, um, and I've gone for I'm contemplating the old polo neck, black polo neck with a with a with a dark navy suit jacket over the top, um, and jeans. Now it's a bit daring, it's a bit out there, but a lot of their fashion is very much. Very cool, very chic, very out there, and you know they're all mid twenties, early thirties, and of course I'm sixty four, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to look like you know mutton dressed as lamb, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try, I'm gonna take a you know a little bit out of Lop's book and and see how it goes, and it could be a disaster. I'll send you a couple of pictures, Kino. Um, 
before and after a baby and uh, see what you think. Please do. Now, when you said you were going for a, a new look, I thought you were going to say you had a Brazilian or something like that. You just <laughs> Mate, nothing wrong with a wax sack back and crack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, no, you've got to look after them. Uh, how, 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 how? Dr. Paul Mansell says, uh, what do you make of Sarabia's contributions? Uh, seen some mixed views, but for me, he's an intelligent, hard-working player that uses the ball well. It's interesting with Sarabia. I, I mean, I, I actually thought that um, his initial impact, I thought, was very good. I thought his runs off the ball were very good. I thought he's an intelligent player. He obviously hasn't been in and out the side uh, due to injury and, and, and a few other bits and bobs, so he hasn't really got that continuity yet, which, again... You know he's not the youngest in the in you know in the, in the game, so I feel like he, along with the likes of Costa, I know he's not not as old as Costa, but I feel like he will need a, a run of games to see the best from him. Um, I still like Sarabia, but he was pretty much a a nailed on pick of mine maybe six to seven games ago. He's gone out the side, and of course it's maybe slightly surprising that he he came into the side on on Saturday. But he for me he needs a bit of a run of games to see the best of him. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm, I, yeah, I agree. I think he he definitely was one of the first names on the team sheet. I I, I thought at first he, he had the injury. He's obviously his his partner's giving birth, so he's had the family uh, distractions. I suppose is the, is, is the fair way to put it. And um, and that start against Brentford was actually his first start in six weeks. So I don't. Um, I think it's been a little bit up and down for him. That what in, in in that question, what I do agree with is that yes, he's he's intelligent on the ball, hard worker, which we've mentioned that on the podcast before. He doesn't get a lot of credit for a lot of the the hard yards he puts in. Um, so all of that is definitely a positive. He's definitely had good games and bad games. I think what you need to see from him more, and what we need to see really for the end of the season, is a bit more impact on numbers, or at least being directly involved. In phases of play that result in goals, and there's not been there's not been loads of those. So mm. improvement to be made, but um, he, he he does bring a lot of pluses as well. So it's it, it's a little bit of uh, sore in the middle at the moment for him, and I think hopefully it will go in the right trajectory. Fabulous. Um, that's it for me and you this week. We'll see you uh, big game tomorrow, Liam. You've got one one. I've got one one. Yes, that that's Mitch. the yeah that, yeah that's the one. I mean, I'm obviously I hope I'm wrong and Wolves win, but um, I think I think that's a pretty fair. Pretty fair guess. I mean, it's normally quite low scoring affairs between Wolves and Leicester, and Leicester, I think, even though they're struggling, I do back them as still a pretty, pretty decent side. So I would take a draw there. Draw against Leicester, beat Palace on Tuesday night. Everything's cushy. Um, so yeah, um, hopefully it's a good game, and of course, last chance before those tickets go up on Monday morning. Make sure you get yourself in that show live podcast, three hundredth episode. We'd love to see you there. Um, please, please, please get involved. If not, then they go up to a tenner on the Monday. But uh, get your early bird discount and me and Liam will love to see you and uh, it should be a cracking night. See you all Saturday. Have a great weekend. For me, Liam, have a great one. Three points. Come on, baby. Or a point. Take care. Bye-bye. We are the wanderers in all gold and black. You better retreat because we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back.